just as a young team, we're on the cusp. Why right, we got to add some pieces to what we're doing here? Pierce running right, spin move, barrels his way down to the 41 yard line. What a run by Pierce! The type of players that we're looking for is players who are looking to swarm. It's intercepted, Christian Harris. Game day is every day. Picked off by Steenley. Petrie, Texans have the ball on the pick. The takeaway train is rolling. And if you want it, you got to go work. Now, it's Texans All Access. Hello, Texans. We're back. And D'Amico Ryans is in the open. Pinch me. Johnny and I, <laughs> Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you, by the way. Chris Diego producing. This is a Texans production. Okay, so we've been in an isolation retreat. Not really. I joked about that on Twitter. By the way, we'll give away an HEB gift card in the next 25 minutes. So oh, yeah, I'm supposed to remind you to give that away. Yeah, please do, because okay. I'll forget in the next 25 minutes. But since we last got together in our brief five-week offseason following the final Texans Monday, following the Texans' victory over Indianapolis, wasn't that a long time ago? Oh. The Texans have hired D'Amico Ryans to be their head coach, and a lot of reports about who else might be on the staff, and I hope they make announcements uh, soon enough, and we'll mm-hmm. see what happens there. But that happened. A Super Bowl and numerous playoff games have occurred as well, and we'll talk about it all tonight, Johnny. we got an hour tonight, but we're on every night from now until the end of time or until the end of the next Texan season, mm-hmm. 6 o'clock Monday through Friday, set your calendar to it. Put it on your Outlook so you don't miss it. It'll also be on the Texans app, and we'll put this show up on the app later. Yeah. We'll do it all. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's when we get back doing the show after the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. like, yeah, man, we 6 to 7 from now on. I was talking with uh, Figgy and, and uh, Rocket on Jim's Juice pro- podcast. I got invited. How about that? What? You've got... Yeah. Wait, I got invited. Figgy. Yeah. Figgy has not had me on that pod yet. Yeah, and I will talk about everything mm-hmm. probably but the Texans on that pod yeah. because he talks about a lot of different things. Yeah, we talked about a lot of things, but we we stay with the Texans. And so I was talking about, yeah, yeah, we start on Monday and then we go and do forever. math. And I'm like, it's just forever. We go all the way through the season. Yeah. And I said, one of these times, and hopefully it's more than once, but I'd like to go all the way through that we don't go dark. Because this oh. day, yeah. we would be doing radio of us after a Super Bowl appearance. On no sleep. On no sleep. Zero sleep. would be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely it, fantastic. I know Landry did this thing last night. He did that Landry, uh, what is it, the locker room. He does a pod thing, and yep. it's, it's really cool. He did it during the game, actually, in the fourth quarter, I believe. But he was talking about the best Super Bowls through Texans goggles, yeah. results you wanted. Did he ask you about this, by the he way? He texted me about it, and I was trying to think. Did you have one? Uh, not not necessarily. A result you really wanted because either you like the opponent for a certain reason or you dislike who you want to lose for a certain reason. Like, my number one was 2009 season Colts losing to the Saints oh, oh, yeah. because that Colts team had a chance to go undefeated. Mm-hmm. They pulled starters against the Jets second to last week That's of the right. season. They lost that game. A victory by the Colts would have enabled the Texans to make the playoffs for the first time. And I thought, you know what? If you have a chance to go undefeated and it's the second to last week of the season, you go for it. I'm yeah. sorry. Unless people are really banged up. You have a Mahomes situation. He's playing on a bad wheel, whatever. You got to pull a guy because he's a little shaky. No, you go for history right there, especially yeah. since you already won one a few years previous. So that one was my all-time Super Bowl through Texans goggles. Last night, I don't know. I didn't really feel the Texans goggles 
other than I don't like the Chiefs because they've taken over as yeah. the evil empire in the AFC from the New England Patriots. Now it's definitely them. Hello, here they are with Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid, who I was hoping would retire today, but that didn't happen. No, it didn't. And and here's the other thing, and I, I, this this is my fear. And I, I I told you my fear earlier. What's and that? I'll say it. I'll say it out in the open. Patrick Mahomes is getting better. And yep. Patrick Mahomes is getting smarter. Yep. And it's he's always been smart, but I think it takes some time for, for every quarterback mm-hmm. to understand what teams are doing to you, what they're doing to you, what they're doing in the secondary. I, and I felt like the first couple of years, it, he was just God's given ability, man. And he knew there, there was plenty of bleep it Tyreeks down there sort of stuff. Yep. Just chuck it. He'll find it. Kind of like what Hurts did with A.J. Brown. <laughs> right. Mahomes has gone to a different level. He is content. He's content beating you with a thousand paper cuts. Yeah. Whereas that, mm. he was going for the big shot earlier in his career. That was sexy. He's not. He finds a guy he wants. He finds a guy open. Boom. Take it. Let's move it. Let's go. They got rid of arguably a top three wide receiver. And they were better. Why? How? Because that guy. Yeah. That guy is scary. I'm going to give you another one, though. And how do you beat him now? How well, do you beat him now? Uh, we could do three shows on this, and I, I know everybody's been talking about this today, but I think Pacheco was huge for them. Yeah, not was, just was, in that game, but big. this season. With Edwards no, Alaire not being what they wanted him to be, Pacheco comes in as a rookie and does all this. That's a big addition for them oh, yeah. to make enough plays. Now, it's all a balanced thing right now. Obviously, you know what? You mentioned looking for Tyreek Hill or Chuck it. He's down there somewhere. Mm-hmm. With Kelsey, I sometimes have the feeling, listen, <laughs> I'm looking for Kelsey. Yeah. If he's not there, I'm going to scramble around and find somebody else. He does that sometimes. What do I always say about Mahomes, though, Johnny? What do I always say? He's a runner more than you think he is. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's obviously an excellent passer. He's sure. Maybe the best in the league. Maybe, you know, we can argue about that all day. But on the winning drive the big play was the longest play of that drive mm-hmm. and it was a Mahomes scramble yep. for 26 yards on a bad wheel yeah he does it again just when you think you have him bottled up he kills you with his legs somehow and it, yeah. I don't think it gets talked about enough I I mean I think back to the playoff game that we played in 2019 that was his second year as a starter his third year in the league but his second year as a starter he killed us with that all all game. Mm-hmm. It was like we had a defensive end that just, no matter who it was, they would rush the high side, and he would sneak underneath, he'd get out, and then he'd make a decision. Do I want to scramble or do I want to get out there and throw? Well, as a linebacker or safety, you're like, well, what do I do with this? How do I, how do, I do this? Last night, it was he escaped up the middle, and he caught him in man coverage and with man coverage you know there's not going to be any help if he gets through that first gap forget it even with a bum ankle he's going to be able to do it. I, but he's also doing it intelligently he's not just willy-nilly just taking off and like oh i see he's oh, no, doing he, it yeah. intelligently yeah. he can beat you from the pocket now uh-huh. well he always had but now he can he can just slice you to pieces yeah. he'll take the crosser he'll take the shallow he'll get it to his guys but 
the mix of players they had, and and I I told the story last night at Super Bowl party I was at, which I don't like Super Bowl parties too much. So it was a small Wait gathering. A minute. John Harris was at a Super yeah, Bowl party. I was at. I, I was would at, think you really would be at an isolation retreat for a Super no, Bowl I party. I, I was invited, and it's a good friend of mine, you know Don, and so Don mm-hmm. invited me over. So I was like, okay. So I was telling the story. It's probably about six, seven people there. No, not big at all. But I remember in the playoff game, there was a moment in the playoff game where Kelsey ran a route, and Justin Reed anticipated it perfectly. He anticipated perfectly, and he jumped to that spot. And then all of a sudden, Kelsey just, knowing that Reed was there, Kelsey went the other way. But that was not where the route was supposed to go. But Mahomes threw it before Kelsey even turned. Like, how do you beat that? And then Kelsey turned, oh, the ball's there. How do you beat that? Like, what do you do? There's such a synergy with those two. And really, what was surprising was in the second half, Kelsey didn't hurt him. Kelsey didn't hurt the Eagles. Right. It was it was everybody else. Was Juju, Juju had a great mm-hmm. uh, second half, and then of course it came down to and Eric Bieniemy talked about this after the game. They they saw the Jaguars use a particular concept, and then they mastered it. The Jaguars used it for a touchdown back in Week Four. When did we play the Jags? Week Wait, four? are you talking about guys in motion all night long? And then all of a the sudden, short motion. I'm not going in motion. I'm going back outside. The fake motion, yeah. Start motion. Yes. Go back the other way. The Jags did that for a touchdown against them. And Biennemi said back in week four when they put on that film, they were like, hmm, I think we can do that. And they sat on that. And they sat on that. And they sat on that until the fourth quarter. Right. And then bang, bang, same play, opposite sides, ball game. Set it and so it's, well. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. All right, can we get something out of the way very quickly here? Okay. The whining about the call. Stop it, everybody. <laughs> just stop it. All right, just, just stop it. Well, again, I always say this. If you put your hands on the receiver yeah. in any way, shape, or form, you invite the official to make a call. You're saying, hey, look at this, Mr. Official. You're going to call this? And we all expect the official to have this internal debate over the course of .0001 seconds and decide whether to throw a flag or not. If he sees something, more often than not, he's going to throw the flag. I don't care about the situation. He's not weighing the options and thinking NFL films in slow motion and, oh, my goodness. Now, I wish there was some recourse. I wish you could evaluate post-call, but you can't. They did away with that. I was okay with evaluating those instances. But, that but wouldn't have nobody been else was, and you're going to live with it now. But that wouldn't have been reviewable, though. Because it was holding, not, not EPI. Oh, I see. So you wouldn't have been able to review Johnny, that. Johnny, I almost think everything should be reviewable with a mm. challenge flag. I mean, we already have the automatic wait, reviews. Do you want us to be there for eight hours for a game? It's it's not going to be as bad as the NBA, okay? Oh, that's it's brutal. Not. It's not. Wait, what was the game with the Rockets last week? Oh, with the Sacramento Kings. Review after review after review. And then you can't oh. review the no foul by Eric Gordon, right. who's since been traded. The no foul at the end of the game, but uh, we called it and we can't change it. It's crazy. We can review everything but that. Yeah. And we're going to take all this time to review everything else, but we can't review the one that really mattered. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, look, we could talk all day about that. We have all off-season to talk I'm about I'm with you, though, about the griping on the officials, like, I mean, stop. Just stop. It is what it is. You Look, got 140 plays in a game. Yeah, don't you have every up. Op- you gave up two touchdowns, and there's not an eagle in the area code. Uh, How about this, though? Hello. They score, and you go three and out. Look, we've seen yeah, the Chiefs plenty of times to killer. know you can't go three and out against Kansas City. No. You're in the fourth quarter. You can't go three and out. Mm-hmm. You've got to look, even if you took it to the 50 and punted, okay. Hopefully, you don't give up a big return like you did. They go three and out. And then give up, what was it, a 65-yard return after going three and out. You 
you can't win after that. But they tied the game after that, Mark. Yes, they did. But when the Chiefs got the ball with five plus to go, I looked at my kid. I like, said, uh, we both said, game over. Mahomes yeah. got the ball. It's over or whatever. I don't you, know how it's going to happen, but I, it's going to end that I said, way. You've got to get to stop immediately. If they get a first down or two, you're cooked. Yeah, yeah. And then Pacheco hit that run on third and whatever that was. I saw somebody tweet this today. It was brilliant. It was like... The Giants playing chestnut checkers. They trade Tony to the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they yeah. let Bradbury go to the Eagles Just, to keep uh, the Eagles from winning a championship. <laughs> I like that. I was like, that was that was pretty good. Um, well, let's get the important things out of the way. Okay, uh, Rihanna halftime show thoughts. Uh, you know, I like. I like a lot of her songs. Yeah. I I wasn't a big fan of that particular show. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. I like her. I just yeah. didn't think that was that great. I, I know some people liked it. She's also pregnant, so there's that. I mean, great. Good yeah. for her. Uh, I just think that we've seen better halftime shows. I'm just going to put yeah. it that way. That They put a lot into that. The it dancers, was not Prince the, down in Miami in the rain. No, that. I mean, there have been a, a – look, you could list 20 better halftime well, shows the best off the top one? of your head. Prince is the best one. I like Prince, Prince a lot. That's a great one. Prince you know, it's, one. it all depends on what you enjoy. Too. I like you too yeah. an awful lot. I kind of like it when they get a lot of different performers I thought together. last year in L.A. was pretty cool. I thought that was all right. Wait, who's Wait. that again? It was a – was a. When was J-Lo Shakira? Two years ago? That was... Uh, no, that was... No, was no, that no, last no. year? I don't know. No, that was the... And a lot of people uh, didn't like that one, but, you know, I like a that variety. That was the last Super Bowl before COVID. That was oh, really? the Chiefs. Jeez, time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. I mean, no I even like Paul McCartney. For a while, they went... They, they, they counterbalanced the Janet Jackson thing right. with Justin Timberlake, by the way. I'm not letting him off the hook. This is pure sexism to blame her for that, not <laughs> him, because he pulled the thing off. Come on. It doesn't Did happen without him. on Janet Jackson? I can't remember what, what oh, uh, I need to see streaming it. service. It's phenomenal. They should but- come full circle, have her back. Yes. And have absolutely. her do all her hits. It would bring the she house down. totally, totally... Improperly oh, blamed that. for that. Totally, completely. I was going to say something. And he bad. got off the it. hook scot free for that. But that was a actually that was an interesting halftime show because they had Kid Rock, they had a lot yeah, of different performers, of and it was right here in this building mm-hmm. that we are originating this program yep. from. All right. The other thing is uh, commercials. We saw a ton of them. Some people thought they all were horrible. Yeah. I thought, look, I'm very entertained by these things. I don't know how effective they are for the particular product. I think there's two ways to evaluate these things. One, is it entertaining? And this is in no particular order. Is it entertaining? Two, is it effective for the product? Did they get the pop they needed out of the expense, the yeah. investment in it's $7 all million? Dollars. For a 30, for a 30, 30 second spot. It's incredible. So they did the. So Serena Williams did the Any Given Sunday speech. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. I'm like, whoa, cool. They get to the end, and it's like a liquor. I'm like, what? I know. it. Yeah, where was that what? going? But it was cool that she did it. I know. It was great she did it. But I'm like, where's this going? And then they do Caddyshack. Yeah, I know. And I'm like, wait, who's who's Bill Murray? Right. Tony Romo. Yeah. I thought Caddyshack, I thought it was pretty good. It I was thought good. that was pretty good. The only one where I laughed out loud that I can remember. We all know the younger generation doesn't get the joke, though, with the Caddyshacks. No, they don't get they it. They don't. They don't get it. Noonan. Um, the Kia commercial, the Binky. That was good. That was excellent. Because if you have a Every kid. Every single parent was like, <laughs> yes, I've been there. Absolutely. Every single one. You've got to have that Binky. Oh, my gosh. The chocolate chip muffins. We didn't bring them. Oh, every single day. Jack had to have these packages of chocolate chip muffins to start his this day. Van- or you can oh, forget oh, it. Oh, that's, that's yeah, you have to have that. that Vanderkid one had a Binky. Uh, we didn't call it that. From right. uh, Texas Women's, right? I couldn't find it anywhere at the time. Oh. Couldn't find it anywhere. 
We lost it. I had to literally go back. <laughs> this is like three months after he's born. What are you doing here? <laughs> I forgot my kid. Now, do you have one of those pacifiers, please? Because it's the only kind he will take. Oh. It's the only kind to pacify him. All right. We got a lot to get to. Uh, so anyway, we got into the Super Bowl conversation because of the Texans goggles thing that Landry brought up last night. Johnny, it's it's almost surreal to me still to this day. To this day, because it's been so long. It hasn't been that long. But that D'Amico Ryans is the head coach of this football team. Mm-hmm. I said pinch me because this is it's really a dream come true. You know, entering this process after the season, I thought, are they going to be able to pull this off? Yeah. And I just got a credit. Cal McNair, Hannah McNair, Nick Casario, and D'Amico himself for pulling this thing off, for just pulling together and getting D'Amico home and leading this team. This is really cool stuff to see him do it. His press conference, I know it's well-covered material by now, but I, like everybody else, was blown away. I felt the vibe in the room that day, the former players, Texans legends in the house, the current players. I tweeted out a pic promoting this show of uh, him standing on the stage with the current players who were there in attendance. And it's only a matter of time before you get everybody back in the building for conditioning. And D'Amico Ryan's heading up the operation on the field. This is awesome. I told people um, both, you know, on podcasts or interviews, I said that, you know, you and I would would come in here and we'd we'd just talk. We're not on the air. So we would just sit in the studio and we'd just talk about what was going on. And, you know, we're going through a coaching search for the third third year like dang it man okay and we both were like okay we both know we want the Miko okay but what mm-hmm. if it's not like we would talk about plan b and plan c and plan d mm-hmm. and i don't know that i ever was like okay i think it's going to be to Miko. it wasn't until the last couple of days and i'm on my way to mobile and it was that friday i think was that thursday or friday was that, yeah i was like this can happen but we would talk about it as okay but what if it's not Kind of what's what's the what's yeah, the sure. backup plan? Sure. That was the way that you and I were talking about it, and then all of a sudden it's like, wait, no, we don't have to go to the backup plan. Mm-hmm. Bleep the backup plan. Right. The 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 real plan is going to work. Uh, and I've told this to a few people when we went down to Mobile. When I've gone down to Mobile the last last few years, I always wear my Texans gear. But even last year, I remember walking in Hancock Whitney, and I heard these two, you know. These two idiots behind me, they, I heard them say Texans, and then I heard him kind of chuckle and say, and I was like, man, what a bunch of jerks. And I just was like, all right, I can't, you know. And so I could just feel the eyes considering how things have been going. This year I walked in, and I would see people, oh, man, D'Amico? And I'm, I'm, it was Tuesday. Yeah. So it was not, it changes it was not done. Mm-hmm. But they were like, oh, D'Amico, this is awesome. And I was like, well, it's not quite done yet. I kept saying it's not quite done yet. And then there I am watching O-line, D-line drills. Mm-hmm. And I get the text. It's official. And I'm like. Whoa. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, Matt Bergeron. That's pretty good from Syracuse. And I just had to kind of keep it all together. And I got to the car, and I just I grabbed the steering wheel, and I just was, like, shaking the car, like, oh, my God, this, this happened. Can I? And then, of course, I was upset because I wasn't here to see New D'Amico, and I wasn't here for the press conference because I was there in Mobile trying to find players. But the point being, with what has happened the last few years, to have somebody, to have somebody say – I this is my dream job. I want to be here. I want to be this guy, and I want to take on the responsibility of turning this back around. Was was refreshing. Everybody started purring when he right. said that. Yeah, everybody just like, smiled go. internally, yeah. externally. You were so Absolutely. happy to hear it. All right, coming up.
We're going to give away an HEB $100 gift card. You need a Twitter account to win it. All right, I'm just going to say that up front. Or you can, you know, make your own Twitter account right now uh, if you don't have one yet. And we'll do that when we get back. Also, what the staff reports, what it's going to look like, what the schemes might look like. And Johnny was at the Senior Bowl. Has, it a, has his opinion of the top players in this draft changed? We'll have that topic for the next 72 days. Now, we'll go over it, though, in some detail today and tomorrow. It's Texans Radio. Texans Radio. The drive continues. Well, that was the uh, deep voice guy announcing that, not us. Those coordinator alleged hires. No announcement from the Texans yet. That was no formal radio. announcement that, has happened. And that wasn't a Texans deep voice guy. That was the Sports Radio 610 deep voice guy. Okay, that's it. But uh, I would expect announcements to take place, I don't know, later this week, early next week, something like that. And looking forward to uh, meeting and talking with all of these guys. HEB gift card, $100 gift card to HEB. Here's the question. You have to respond to the to the tweet that promoted tonight's show, at Texans Voice, from my Twitter account. I promoted tonight's show, mentioning that Johnny and I are coming back to host Texans All Access this evening. So reply to the tweet with the answer to this question. D'Amico Ryans, of course, played at Bama. Who was the coach when he left? Who was the coach his last year there, last couple of years there? Who was it? Name him right, correctly. First, I guess first I should say, you know, I'll, I'll randomly pick. No, the first one I see, the first one I see is a reply on my Twitter account. The first uh, correct one, of course. The first correct one, yeah. On uh, the tweet promoting tonight's show wins that $100 HEB gift card. D'Amico Ryan's college college head coach okay johnny the uh staff deep voice guy from sports radio 610 mentioned it think about this bobby slowick from san francisco what do you expect here i I think that obviously from the system okay from the kubiakian shanahanian system and whatever wrinkles he wants to personally put Mm -hmm. in that'll be interesting you talk about burke I think this is really interesting because you don't know what he's going to do, right? He might have some different ideas based on all the sure. experience oh, yeah. of different things that he's done in oh, this yeah. league. He's coordinated, but this could be a mix of things. So I'm eager to see both sides of the ball, how it plays out like we all are. Uh, but it's very, it's going to be very interesting to see, particularly on defense, how D'Amico handles the play calling issues. Mm-hmm aspects of it. And on offense, of course, we're always engaged with the offense. Yeah. I, What's interesting to me is when a new staff comes together, who handles what responsibility? And especially with D'Amico, I mean, obviously he got this job because, I mean, he's a leader of men. There's a lot of reasons he got this job, but because he was pretty successful as a defensive coordinator. You don't want to lose that. Mm -hmm. But if you're a head coach, especially the first time, I think Brian Dable is is an excellent one to look at. Brian Dable went up to New York. He'd been on the offensive side of the ball. He had... I think coached every position but offensive line. And he'd been offensive coordinator at Buffalo. That helped him get that job in Buffalo. The first thing he does is, no, I'm coming in to be the head coach. Mike Kafka's coming in to be the offensive coordinator. He's going to call plays, and away we go. And I thought, boy, that's – I like that because I don't think that coaches truly understand what it is to become the head coach. Like, whoa, there's a lot going on that maybe stepping away from the play calling can help you, maybe initially, but you can still be involved in it. So 
I'm curious to see what D'Amico ends up doing, whether he wants to call the defensive ball plays, whether Matt Burke will end up calling those ball plays, whether they have, um, whether they do it together, how they go about doing it. Thing is, as we've learned over the years, every coaching staff's going to do it differently. There were some years Gary Kubiak called the plays, some years Kyle Shanahan called the plays. There were some uh, years when Gary called the plays, but he had Rico as his offense coordinator to help him. Hey, what three runs should we run here? There are all different kind of ways to put this together. But when you put some smart, smart, competitive people together, all with the same goal, you end up getting where you want to go. And I think that's the point. I bring, and D'Amico is bringing in not just people he knows. I don't know what his connection to Matt Burke is. I know Burke, there's some kind of Robert Sala. of separation. There's Robert Sala there. Because he there's, worked for him last year in 21. So right. there's that familiarity. So there's some there's some connection. He knows Sala's phone number. He could ask him like, "What's this guy like?" Right. But if you never worked with the guy, if no, you've never worked with the guy, you've never been around. I mean, that's a you know. So you're going to do it. So I don't know how they're going to. I don't know how D'Amico's going to put it together. Obviously, I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't think D'Amico's going to call offensive ball plays, but maybe calls defense. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe when we get ready to play an opponent, like we play Arizona, Matt Burke's going to know Arizona seemingly well. No, it's personnel, but. Arizona's going to change. Arizona's having a head coach yet, do they? Uh, unless they got one today. I know Jonathan Gannon was sticking around uh, to do an interview in Arizona. So played the That's game. Right, he didn't even have, didn't Man, have to weird. fly anywhere. I know, he just, just stays there. Hang out. Uh, can I have that hotel day. room for one more night? I'm sorry. Is that on the Eagles' bill or Actually, is that the Cardinals' bill? They don't even hmm. charter back till the next day from the. Super yeah, the Bowl. Chiefs are chartering back today. But what about the Eagles? Um, Do you want to get out of Dodge if you lose the Super Bowl? I don't want to stay in the hotel again and moping around. I'm going to get back home. That's but then true. you're all alone in the offseason. Begin- I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how they handle it. Yeah, it's too much going But, on. yeah, Gannon uh, was set to interview there. Obviously, Steichen with the Colts. And I don't know how he's going to handle it. I don't know how D'Amico's going to handle it. But I'll tell you this. Bringing in Nick Cray, chief of staff. Yep. That helps because D'Amico, there's a reason why he didn't heavily pursue the Vikings thing, why he pursued it to a degree and then backed away. Whatever the case may be. Last year, yeah. Because, well, all right, let's do another year as a coordinator. And Mm -hmm. look, 1946, that's when the 49ers began as a franchise. They had never had the top defense in scoring and yardage, yet D'Amico did that with them this past season. That was super strong stuff. And he's already D'Amico. It's combined with the on-field proof of performance. And now you have him becoming a head coach. He knows. He's talked to enough people. He's super smart. He's aware. He set himself up well here. He's also got Nick to help him. This is a really good situation for him. He knows it. Now, look, you have to win games. you got to get players. We all know. We played the Open for you. He's talking about getting players, mm-hmm. going to work. You know, they need a talent infusion. They're going to get one in the draft and free agency. We'll see where they take it. 100% truth serum in D'Amico. Yeah. I'd like to know, did he think that the Texans job would come open at some point in the next couple of years mm. that he then would be ready to take never it? Know. I don't know. I mean, I, and, and who's to say? And I, it's funny because I always think of, I go to basketball for this one, but back in the late, uh, late 90s, Bill Guthridge was retiring from North Carolina, yeah. University of North Carolina. And the thought was that Roy Williams is going to take that job. Roy yeah. Williams was going to come from Kansas and take that job. It was going to happen. It was a dunt. And then it didn't. They ended up going with Brad Doherty. Not Brad Doherty. Matt Doherty. And Williams ended up staying at Kansas. And I always, that, the North Carolina job was Roy Williams' dream job. 
that was his dream, and he like it didn't happen. I'm like, man. A couple years later, Doherty flames out. They call Roy again. Roy takes the job. He ends up being there for a couple decades. I didn't with like a that, by the way. I, you're, you're at Kansas. You I, stay at Kansas. But it's your alma mater. Yeah. It's the place, you know, you grew up with Dean Smith. So what? He always wanted to be. That's my, that's my point. If you want to be somewhere, you want to have that job, maybe you let things play out a little right. bit. Right, uh, but it's a very different situation. I know D'Amico's not a head coach yet no, 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 until I, I he know. gets this job. I understand, but if you're pretty comfortable in San Francisco, you're going, look, I, I know things can change in coaching overnight. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious to think, I'm curious to know whether, yeah, did he think maybe he would come open? You Keep never our know. options open. I don't know. Well, look, if Lovey wins six, seven games this past year, probably doesn't come open. No. And then who knows what happens next year. Well, then and maybe, then, you, maybe at that point you, you take head coaching job. But either way, that, yeah. we'll, never, we'll never know that. Right. But well, I just find it interesting because he used the words dream job, and I thought that was interesting. And I know that some people maybe hold that against him or whatever. But Why would they hold that against I, him? I don't know, but I'm just saying it's that. It's his NFL alma mater. Yeah, right. That's, that's my point. Yeah. It's like you're going to. You just made my point for me no, about Roy I Williams. Like, I don't he like the Roy to, Williams example. You don't like I, Roy no, Williams. I, no, I don't like him, and I don't like the well, example. Well, there you go. You because he was don't. at Kansas, and I don't even like Kansas. But I respect Kansas, and I respect Allen Fieldhouse. My point about that was. If you're a Kansas, his dream job eventually opened up. He did not All see right. Kansas as his dream dream job. But it's Kansas. It's awesome. It doesn't mean it's your dream job. All right. So that I mean, was Brown a, University might be my dream that was job. Like when when O'Brien know. was here, and a lot of people thought, well, if the Patriots job ever opens yeah, up, he's going right. to pursue that. Well, wait a minute. He's already got an NFL job, and if he's still here at that point, that means he's doing well, and he's going to go to another job. Now, I know Parcells bounced around and Belichick, but that was different because they had yeah. the conflict between the Jets I, and the Patriots and all that drama. You can, cre- you can create your dream job out of where you are. Absolutely. I think you can definitely An old do coach that. once told me, don't coach at your alma mater. Oh, yeah, I absolutely They'll always not. want favors. They'll I, want it for free, that or stuff for free. I would things never. Like that. I would never take the job at Brown University. Never. Yeah. I mean, never. in the NFL. They- I want to remember my college years as college years because eventually I'm going to go to Brown University and get fired. And that's what I'm going to remember about my alma mater. I don't want that. John yeah. Bunting did that at North Carolina. He was there for five years, went to a bowl game. The next year, Awkward. he gets fired. I'm like, well, this is weird. Yeah. Now the alumni department calls me for money. I'm like, <laughs> that's that's purely no. a college thing. I want D'Amico to be here for 40 years. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And we'll see how it goes, obviously. But you know, he said dream job. Johnny, it's interesting how the universe plays out here because two years ago you were looking for a head coach, hired David Cully, but D'Amico wasn't even a coordinator yet. Sala just got out of the Jets. Correct. Yeah. You know, he steps up to become coordinator from linebackers coach. So at that point it wasn't gonna happen. And then last year, obviously it didn't happen. But this year it happens and he's got two years under his belt as a top notch coordinator, number one candidate on the market. And you could debate, well, with Sean Payton, Mark, well, all right, I get it. But that was a whole other ball of wax because ball of yarn, something, a ball of something, because you had to make a trade with the Saints. You had to pay Peyton uh, yeah. a GNP of a South American country and bring him in right. and, you know, give him control, whatever the case may be. What I've learned, things change very quickly in this league. You can go from Matt Nagy in 2018 with the Chicago Bears. Yeah. The I mean, the talk of the league. Right. I mean, DP and I would talk about that all the time. They had that club club win, what I don't know. They had something yeah. where 
they would have the disco ball. And I was like, man, the Bears are the talk of the league. Double doinked a couple of field, a field goal at the end. And all of a sudden, a couple of years later, Matt Nagy is persona non grata in Chicago. I mean, it changed like that. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's why you just strike when the iron is hot in, in certain cases. And you take whatever job that you end up with and you make it your dream job. And hopefully that's what D'Amico is going to do. And his wife is from Houston, correct? Yes. She, he met her here, correct? Houston area, yeah. I believe, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, that's a big. Part. Well, I uh, that's a great during the part. press conference, and great part during this whole process and the, and the home they have for kids that they yeah Angleton they instituted during the pandemic. Yeah, that's awesome yeah, stuff. That's, you know, that's fantastic. They weren't even here yet. They weren't. I mean, I, I mean, they weren't even living here. I mean, they might have been. I, I I wanted to say they were making Houston their forever home, but who, I, I don't know. But the point is, but he never here now. He never lost the connection with the area. So it was always Bingo. on his mind. It was always on his mind. I'm not going to sing like Willie. Uh, Frank Ross, that is such happy news. When I saw that report, oh, my gosh, Frank. Because during this postseason process here, watching some of these playoff games, I'm thinking I'm, I'm the DiCaprio meme pointing to the TV like, hey, Texan special teams wouldn't do that. Texan special teams wouldn't give a – a 65-yard return in the fourth quarter. Texas special teams don't do that. Mm-mm. They're elite special teams. They that's were number one, one in the league. One area that's elite on this football team, at the very least, other than the radio broadcast he, team. Yeah, exactly. I'm just kidding. Frank around. Ross is – Frank and, and I don't want to forget uh, Sean Baker. Ross and Frank Ross and Baker, they, they've been incredible. Yep. What they've been able to get – And you got them back. Out of this special teams, getting them back, to me – I mean, look, offense coordinator, defensive coordinator, yes. You had to be able to keep Frank Ross here. You had to. The mentality he's created on special teams, those guys, I, I watch him every time there's a kickoff and I, you know, before the game. He's, his energy is just at a different level. Yeah, it's, and it's infectious and it's, it's, it's awesome. I mean, he, we were talking one day and he said, man, he couldn't sleep one night before a game. So he just got out the next week, scouting report, started going through it. I'm like, man, I would love to have that energy. And we got to, by the way, we need to go see Frank for haircuts. Oh, we need to go to Frank's is, cuts. My dream is still alive. Yes. We need to get go, a haircut get, from We need to get a little Frank's cuts from going. the special teams coordinator. That yeah. might happen. All right, coming up, Johnny Harris. Let's talk quarterbacks in this year's draft just for the fun of it. Just hypotheticals. My goodness. Johnny was at the Senior Bowl. He saw some guys there. He's been watching hours and hours of Ooh. video. I don't know how he does it, but we're going to talk about the top guys next. It's Texans Radio. We return to Texans All Access. Oh, yeah, we do. Chris Santiago producing tonight. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you live from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. We have an answer to our question. It's Mike Shula. He was the head coach of Bama when D'Amico was there. And I've given away the HEB gift card to Matt Weeks. Matt, congratulations. You're a winner. Uh, we'll get in touch with you. I might give away one or two more just to be friendly here to uh, some other people Ooh. who answered it correctly. I did get a Dennis Franchoni, which is the proper pronunciation uh, of his name. That is, That's yep. incorrect. Uh, Joe Kynes, I got him. I got he was um, the interim coach. I got Bear Bryant. No, I didn't get a Bear Bryant. I didn't get a Bear Bryant. Probably not. Mike Price. Did you get any Nick Saban's thinking? Oh, Nick Saban. No, no. But I, I'm surprised, I actually. Was, you, I thought you would. If I you're going to get one you wrong, you would think it would be Saban. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a Saban guy. He was yep. there before. And Shula, by the way, is in Buffalo as a senior offensive assistant. And I 
kid about this every once in a while. If you look at the NFL coaching rosters around the league, I always say it's like the Federal Witness Protection Program. That's where that guy went. That's where Mike Shula is in Buffalo. Now, he worked with Ken Dorsey in Carolina, so maybe that's the connection, and he's there in Buffalo. Uh, Obviously the son of Don Shula. If you're wondering, David Shula was the head coach of Cincinnati once upon a time. He left to run the steakhouses, Shula Steakhouse, mm. yeah, yeah. and he did that for a while. But I think they sold them off. I don't see them around anymore because they used to. There used to be one in Indy at the West End, mm-hmm. and they've been around the country. I feel like there's, they, they, there might be one or two in South Florida. I don't know, but for a while they had it going on. Did they have any in Houston? Yeah, there's one in Houston. Oh yeah, they did have yeah, one yeah. in Houston. Is it still around in Houston? I think so. In one of the hotels, it's. Um, I want to say it's the Hyatt. Hyatt. Yep, Hyatt Regency. It's still there. Yeah. Rock and roll. Usually it would say closed, but no. it's All-time winningest coach in the history of this league, ladies and gentlemen, Don Shula, and Bill Belichick's going to pass him. Just like LeBron, I remember a few years before this year, I thought there's no way LeBron passes Kareem, right? But he just did it. So Good for LeBron. And Belichick's going to pass Don Shula, all-time winningest coach in the history of the league. Now that he's got an offensive coordinator. Uh, Yeah, we're not going to get into that right now, are we? Johnny, quickly here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because I don't want to run out of show. Yeah. But here the Texans have the number two pick. We don't know what they're going to do. We don't know if they're going to bring in a quarterback, a veteran, draft a quarterback later. Maybe not draft a quarterback as soon as you think. Maybe they draft a quarterback high. Maybe they draft a quarterback second. We don't know. And there's no freaking way Nick Casario is going to give you one hint as no. to what he's thinking. But especially get, me. <laughs> you will get, especially Johnny. But you will get a hint in free agency, perhaps, based on what they do acquisition-wise yeah. at that position. Even D'Amico said in the press conference, we have one quarterback on the roster, meaning Jeff Driscoll's not a Texan currently, Correct. right? The contract Correct. runs out. Kyle Allen, you have Davis Mills still there. Year three, third round pick. So we'll see where they go. But you tell me, you watched some quarterbacks. You've watched a lot on video. You saw some guys at the Senior Bowl. Uh, in your opinion, is Bryce still number one, yes. Stroud number two? Yeah, Stroud's number one. Uh, Stroud's I, number one. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. Bryce is number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of a 1A, 1B to me. Um, I kind of thought that going into the season, that as the season wore on, I was like, you know, I think Bryce has moved ahead. The way that Stroud closed, though, against Georgia, he showed a lot of things that that you wanted to see. You saw him making throws off-platform. His ball placement was incredible that night. Oh, he wow. went against that Georgia defense, and, I mean, he ripped them to shreds. They Georgia's defense had no answers. No answers. I've only seen that happen once. SEC Championship 2021, and that was Bryce Young. So Bryce Young and uh, C.J. Stroud have been the only two that have really kind of riddled a Georgia defense. But I spent today watching one Will Levis go against a Georgia defense, and I get I get really confused with Levis because you see something, you're like, yo, I don't care Young or Stroud. They're not making that throw. He can't. Wow. But then a little while later, you're like, why what did was you throw that? that three feet what are you doing? So it, It's kind of maddening. And I think Levis, for me, is going to end up in the 20s or so in my Harris 100. And I think the um, in my mock draft that I did, I had I had Texans moving up to number one, making a deal to make sure that they could get that quarterback they wanted. And I picked Bryce Young at number mm-hmm. one. Uh, at number 12, and we talk about quarterbacks a lot, but at number 12 and talking about the offense, number 12, I'm, going, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be the hottest name. Get ready for it. It's coming because 6'4", 280 pounds, I look like this guy from Georgia Tech, Keon White, absolute super stud. Edge player. Think Trayvon Walker. Okay. From the Jags. Yeah. Not as athletic, 
Not not the freaky things. Like Trayvon Walker was 275 at 4.5 in the 40. I don't think Keon's going to run like that, but he's going to run well. So Keon White, I saw at the Senior Bowl in person, and he is incredibly impressive. And watched two or three games while I was in Mobile because I saw him up close. I, he was one of the guys I wanted to see up close. So at number 12, I had him. And I had the Texans with a third first-round draft pick. Oh, you had them trading back yeah. up into the first round. I did. I had okay. them trading back up. But Anything's possible. Yeah. But I'll wait a minute, with what picks, if you have them moving from two to one, what does it cost to move from two to one? In well, your what I, I did the math on it, and I don't know. I mean, the, the one that always kind of throws me is what's next year's, what are next year's picks worth? Mm-hmm. So I just applied kind of the old school point value. The Jimmy and, chart. Yeah, the Jimmy chart. And I had to trade 73, which yeah. is Cleveland's third rounder that we have. Okay. 73 overall, which is a third rounder, and a third rounder next year. To move up one spot? Up one That's spot. not a bad deal at all. It's not horrible. Do you think that gets it done? I don't know. It, because see, here's this the is question. Why, this is why I have to say. This, I've said this to, to people about this. The Bears in that trade, everyone's like, oh, they're going to have so many different options. Not really. The Bears have to stay within the top four or five. To get their defensive stud. They have to get a defensive stud. And to me, the defensive demarcation line is Jalen Carter, Willie Anderson, and whatever you like. Right now, I have Anderson over Carter, but you can convince me they're both super studs. After that, big like, drop off. Big drop off. So they have to, with all these machinations, they can get players and a bunch of draft picks, and that's all cool. But you better get difference makers, and they can't go if they go beyond four. There's there's a there's a chance they may not get that guy. So, so the, to get the trade they want, they've got to stay within the top four. So I think they're limited with some of the trades that could potentially happen. So I do think that you could mm-hmm. kind of stoke the trade embers and offer them that, see if they take it, but then nothing to stop them from moving down again because that's what I did in my mock. I had them trading twice Ooh, with us. Yeah. Then they moved to two. Then they trade with the Colts. Then, then they go to Indy and say, all right, right, you want one of these top two guys. Exactly. See, everyone, not everyone, a lot of people, you know, fans, whatever, media, they speculate about the Colts wanting to move from four to one, right, right. to get their quarterback. Right. What is that going to cost them? Lot. Do they really love somebody that much exactly. that they have to do it right there? And can they stay and still get the guy because let's say the Bears, let's say nobody deals with the Bears. They'll take one of the defensive right. guys in all likelihood. Texans, let's just hypothesize they take a quarterback. Third, Arizona, right? Mm-hmm. They're not taking a quarterback. No, that's a defensive guy. Yeah. And then fourth, you get your quarterback if you're Indy. You get at least one of the top two guys, you know, theoretically. Now, it doesn't assure you of that because somebody could deal with Arizona and, that's and what I did. jump up and, oh, here you go. Who, who jumped up to thir- third with Arizona? The Raiders. The Raiders. No Derek Carr. We don't like Stidham that Raiders. much. We're moving up. Yeah, the Raiders went up. I, I, I gave Will Levis to the Colts at two, mm-hmm. and then I went with uh, C.J. Stroud to the Raiders at three. And if that happens, the Raiders got to I mean, feel good. I, I mean, th- no, they have to give up a little bit. But Arizona moved down to seven and then moved back up in the top five. <laughs> and with another trade I worked, oh, gosh. I had four trades in the top five. All right. I don't this think anybody was in the same spot. So I had some fun, but, I mean, the trades all make sense. I mean, I used yeah. to chart. I tried to, I tried to think about trades that have happened in the past. I didn't just willy-nilly, like, all right, give you five first-rounders. No, it wasn't that. Yeah. Um, so I had, like, four. I had four trades. But in the end, it was <laughs> us at one with Bryce. At two, it was Indianapolis, Will Levis. Three was... Eventually, the Raiders with C.J. Stroud at four ended up being the Bears, and they took Jalen Carter. And then at five was Arizona, and they got um, 
they got Will Anderson Jr. So the Cardinals come out Ooh. of there. The Cardinals come out of there with like Will Anderson. They took number three overall and turned it into Will Anderson Jr. A second and a third and like a second and third next year. If they feel like they could still get a player like that, they might do it. Absolutely, but that's a lot of trades. I'm not so sure that's going to work out. No, yeah. We shall see. You got to mix it up a little bit. Either go no trades or a lot of trades. Is Levis the third best quarterback in this draft right now? In your opinion, I'll yeah. allow you to change that yeah. opinion. Yeah, he is. I think he's third. Richardson's. I'm putting Richardson fourth. I mean, I've gone back and forth on those, those guys. Are those the four guys being drafted in the first round? Is there anybody else who could sneak into the first round at the quarterback position? I give you a name from Tennessee, Hennett Hooker. Okay, because he's depending on where the rehab is. All right, but he's 25 years old. You're gonna probably rest him or, or not rest him. You're probably gonna send him anyways, right? Right. So maybe a team at the back end of the first round is like, you know what? We know, we want a guy we can develop. Right. And we're not. We got an older guy. I don't, I don't know who that would be, mm. but. A thought. I still think there's going to be too much out there for teams to uh, cash in on immediately, and then he drops a little bit more. We'll see. There's a lot to no, talk I, about. And a lot you of free I, agency quarterback action. That's going to change all of this, too. In two weeks, we'll be at the Combine for the shows Tuesday through Friday. Looking forward to that tomorrow. Back on at 6. More draft talk, etc. Thank you, Chris, for producing. Thank you all for listening. Have a great night. Go Texans! This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610.